0: Hey there creator pod listeners We are happy to be back with episode 2 of season 2, and in a moment, in my intro, you're going to hear me say that we are excited to have Felipe and Annabelle Concha on the podcast, but somebody should have told my voice. All I can say in my defense is, it had been a long time since we had recorded an interview, and I started out kind of flat, but I think you'll find that this is an amazing conversation with two of the most genuine, hilarious, and wonderful people that I know personally, and if you don't know them, you'll enjoy getting to know them in this conversation about their late night show on Facebook live. Here we go. Episode two of season two of the creator podcast. So we are excited to have Felipe and Anabel Concha on for our uh, one of our early episodes in season two of the Creator Podcast. Um, and Felipe and, and Anabel, the the podcast theme or the idea behind it is to talk to creatives who love the Lord and how the Creator speaks into your lives, and then how that. Message gets spoken through you out into the world, uh, and that sounds super spiritual, and is probably way more spiritual than most of our conversations. Would you would you say that's right, Darrell?
1: I think that's correct.
0: So uh, my co the uh, co host on the Creator Podcast is Lieutenant Darrell Houston, who is with the Salvation Army Worthington Woods in uh, Columbus, Ohio, and and this is sort of a unique conversation because basically we have three. New Jersey Salvation Army superstars um, on on the phone right now or, or on this conversation because uh, Darrell grew up in Newark and was the golden boy of the Salvation Army for a very long time <laughs> in the Garden State. And then he left and Los Concha came in, Felipe and Annabelle, and, um, and they pretty much took his corner. So, Um, they are the cool kids in the (laughs) Salvation Army in New Jersey now. Um, but one of the things we really wanted to do with season two of the creator podcast was talk to, uh, COVID creators. Here we are in month number 392 of a global Panda Express, and, um, we can't leave our houses and some people have actually made something good come out of that, including our guest tonight. Late Night with Los Concha is a one-hour quadrilingual live Facebook show <laughs> that airs at about 10 p.m. Eastern Time on Friday nights. About is right. Uh, those the four languages are English, Spanish, Spanglish, and Felipe. Do, do I have that right? Uh, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Uh, I learned a new. I learned a new word uh, watching a recent episode. Water milk. I I, um, I. I think I've enjoyed many water milks, but I had never never heard that term <laughs> applied to them. So, um,
2: as Felipe's translator, I want people to know that that is. Smoothie.
0: (laughs) So this actually happens on the show that Annabelle has to has to translate Felipe for the audience um, in real time. It's it's quite a skill. Um, So when did you start uh, your show late night with Los Concha?
3: Annabelle, you want to? That's a
2: good question. I think it just. Do you remember like what month it started? No. It really was just a moment of Felipe saying we should do a late night show and me saying, Oh yeah. That's how it happened. That's how the late night with Los Contra was birthed. And we've not ever taken it seriously, even from that conversation until now. And I think that's what makes it fun. Um, Especially from the beginning when I was like, okay, well, what are we going to talk about? We should maybe have a list of like two or three topics so that we have something to talk about, but we've, We've never ever been that organized or prepared.
3: I think the more low-key episodes that we have had are the ones that we have actually prepared something, (laughs) and that just didn't end up the way we thought that we were going to end up. Well,
2: I think the most prepared it was was when it was our fifteenth episode. Oh,
3: oh, that was the best!
2: And we did a whole full-on South American quinceanera. (laughs) I put on my wedding dress, Felipe. I found
3: some (laughs) jersey something (laughs) he
2: might wear to a wedding. (laughs) Some of my friends found out I was wearing my wedding dress, so they were sending us pictures of them in their wedding dress that they found in the back of their closet. And uh, that was somewhat prepared because we we took out our our decorations bin and we (laughs) put birthday decorations up. So we prepared for maybe 30 minutes.
3: Yeah, we bought the candles too and the ice cream.
2: Yes, we've got a cake. And that's the
3: most we've prepared. But yeah, we didn't have a thought behind it. It kind of just happened. <laughs> and it, turn, it, it turned it turning into a thing.
2: Felipe calls it the weekly um, time to hang out with his wife. Yes. And we just do it in front of camera. We just That like,
3: is what it is. So, so
0: that's the, the only time camera you camera see each other. You see each other on Friday nights from 10 to 11. And otherwise, <laughs> you
3: just lead separate lives
2: right yeah, exactly. I mean
3: debrief together on yeah that I think that's turning to us <laughs> <laughs> like enjoying each other's presence without having to have anything mind in the you, agenda
2: right mind you we work together and live together so we're t- we spend 24 right. 7 together but our hangout time <laughs> is in front of tens of our friends on television oh
0: we're gonna get into your massive audience later um just uh you know don't don't jump my my questions because i actually did prepare questions for this podcast so you know don't yeah. don't step on my questions
2: i think i need. i think we need to record drew's introduction of how we i introduced know him. he's like it's and that'll really be our good. season three and a half intro
3: you're gonna kick that ian's from his
2: introduction.
0: <laughs> so one of the unique things uh, compared to other late-night uh, TV shows that I that I have watched is that you have kind of a constant soundtrack that runs behind this constant rambling conversation. So um, tell us a little bit about that. How did how did you how did you come to just have music playing all the time while you're trying to talk and sometimes louder well, than Annabelle? Yes, <laughs>
3: uh, thank you. We, I, I listened to a lot of podcasts, and before this job, I had to drive a lot, so I listened to a lot. And it no, I noticed that the ones that I was drawn to more had some sort of background music always going in the background. But, but uh, uh,
0: don't most podcasts with background music have instrumental music in the background? I mean, you're right. you're full on playing yeah. like Chicago songs. You're <laughs> like trying to talk over twenty five to sixty four.
2: I know. And there's often times where we can't talk because uh-huh. he's so into the song that turns
0: up. Oh yeah, that's a whole <laughs> different thing is the music is playing, Annabelle is talking and and Felipe is like doing mouth percussion of the song over the top of the song <laughs> and over the top of his wife talking. Do and, I have that
3: right? Uh, I mean, the concert. Yes, that's perfect. Yes. That's exactly what happens. I honestly it? I thought having music would be good because we we've never talked in front of a camera like that. And I am very particular about that space. And I knew that, well, honestly, I didn't know how well we were gonna be, interact with each other in front of the microphone. To be honest, Annabelle is a completely different person when we have in the late night show, which is very <laughs> enjoyable to me to see how she has developed into this person that communicates everything very well. And then on top of that, she had, cause you have to understand that Annabelle is an introvert so she much rather sit in the back and be quiet and enjoy than be in the front line. But that's one of the interesting things about COVID it's, and that is reflected in our show a little bit is that we have been pushed to have to do things that are completely outside of our comfort zone. And one of the things, greater things that have come out of coffee for us is that people get to enjoy the Annabelle I get to enjoy every day. <laughs> so for a, for an hour on Friday, people can see how funny and enjoyable my life is and how much funnier Annabelle it is than I am. And really how <laughs> secondary I am in this relationship. And Annabelle is a... From face of everything
2: this is very kind of you what do you want from me don't get used
3: to it no i (laughs) i I think the
2: description
0: the description is perfect i actually was in our show prep i texted durell and i'm reading literally from this text message i sent to to him it's a lot like hanging out with them irl but with a constant (laughs) soundtrack as with all things concha felipe is entertaining but annabelle carries the show
3: Exactly. That's what it is. Like Bur- I am a I'm a secondary verbatim. character in this thing Verbatim.
2: This is so bizarre to me. I think I don't even understand this Annabelle that you're talking about. Listen, I am
3: like the I'm like the like the, the pull tracks, yeah. You know? I'm like the blade in front. I like I do the pushing, but you are the engine behind all of it. Without wow. you, I'm nothing.
2: This is so profound.
3: Without you, I'm just sitting in the curb waiting for the winter to come. But but Annabelle, you do have to agree that that this
0: character that shows up. I mean, Felipe is Felipe, but but the version of you that is on this show is different from everyday Annabelle. Wow. Do
2: you I, think, I mean, do you agree well,
0: or disagree with that?
2: I halfway agree. I think the way that Felipe put it makes a lot of sense because I hadn't thought about it like that. Because he, he has told me that I turn on when the camera's on. And I didn't really know what that meant because I don't feel like I'm performing. But I think the way he explained it is right, because I think I am mostly just bonkers and like say first thing that comes to my mind and just laugh at everything. And now it's being recorded. (laughs) So kind of like he said, as an introvert, I don't really do that just naturally out in public. So it's kind of like I'm in my house. There's not actual people here. And it feels like I'm just in a relaxed atmosphere with my friends.
3: What I would say about Annabelle's character is it's like a defensive mechanism for her because the true nature of Annabelle is the one of an introvert. You know, quiet, reserved, observant. But she feels a responsibility now with this show that we have created for ourselves to to be somehow of an entertainer. Uh, it's just so natural for her that it doesn't seem to be a character doesn't make sense absolutely so it, it comes hand to hand for her and but again, this is what i I leave every day. Annabelle has to translate everything I'm saying even to myself. <laughs> she needs to understand what i she needs to go through the process of understanding what I'm saying so she can process uh you know workable solution for our issues <laughs> and then most of the time we're just talking nonsense with each other yeah like John a good friend of us John Copeland he says late night with his concha is like sitting in a couch sitting in a living room just listening to us talking This right. the difference that we have a microphone in front of us and a camera
2: and times that we have hung out since you mentioned John he's a good friend and someone I feel he and Anne are good friends and people I feel comfortable with And so there have been times where we're just, Felipe and I just go off on a conversation in front of them and he'll say, you see, this is what late night with Los conchas we're getting it live. (laughs) So I don't know. I think I have to do some sort of soul searching here to understand what everybody's seeing.
0: Well, I mean, clearly late night television has has tried to emulate what you naturally have where you live, right? I mean, they put couches out there. They try to make people comfortable, but there's big, you know, lights and microphones on booms and stuff like that. You're actually just sitting in your home and and doing this thing. So uh, other than the obvious fact that you're both stunning to look at, why did you choose Facebook Live over a podcast? Uh, I mean, you know, granted, you are not a white male, and so, you know, white male. All have to start a podcast, but like, um, why is it that you chose Facebook Live instead of going the podcast route?
3: I mean, again, that that that's a deep a deep question because we really had any thought process for this. <laughs> to be honest, it's just that perhaps matter having the only way I knew how to do live stream. You know what I mean? And I had some stuff laying around for my own like for my own personal purposes and of his own personal collection well th- i mean now that you said now that you mentioned it um since this is all covid related the very we were just thinking about that this sunday because it was the first palm sunday last year was the first sunday that we, we did live- a live stream from home church, church from home ministry. And I remember that 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 weekend was very stressful for me because I, like, in a way, I'm like, we are one-man show. We had to do everything. And, you know, doing the live stream, not having the the appropriate equipment and not having a person running the sound at the same time, it all became very stressful, so we kind of did something. But looking back into that, I think that that was kind of the... Uh, the first idea to do something here at home so then after that you know everything turns into after two weeks kind of things will kind of come back to normal we're gonna have a handle of that and every two weeks we were still home and then it just became much easier and you know we kind of wanted to get in touch with the people outside of our walls and I think in that process is where we said, "How about you, we just turn on the camera and we we'll see what happens?" And because you know, we thought about you know in the Christian way. We thought about uh, you know, let's do a worship night or let's let's do singing or you know. Uh,
1: I and guess we did. At that, we at that actually do right. That. We, I think we did let let one
3: us. one one of the first ones that we did that wasn't church church related was yeah. like a like a worship thingy. But then after that, it kind of turned into be just the both of us, you know? Because we couldn't have anybody at home. Um, and I, it kind of evolved from there. Right. When Just kind of think about that.
2: When you asked the question, Drew, again, it's not something that we thought so hard about, so you're kind of making us review <laughs> our right, own year. Uh, process. <laughs> but I thought the same. I'm glad that you, you realized the same thing. I think the need of the need of doing it for church um, kind of got the, got your feet wet, right? It right. was like, oh, I know how to do this. Now let's do this for fun. right? Let's do something fun with this. And I also remember the first few episodes, we were like, what are we going to talk about? And it was like, ah, oh, whatever. If it's only 10 minutes, it's only 10. And I think the first few were like an hour and a half, an hour yeah, and 45 it a, minutes. It went long. <laughs> so then we learned how to kind of stick to an hour. It seemed a little bit more socially acceptable.
0: Well, that's funny you say that because I um, had wanted to start a podcast for a long time and uh, had an opportunity through my work at the National Coast Guard Museum Association to uh, pitch a plan for the Museum Association to sponsor a podcast about Coast Guard related stories. And part of that process, I was able to convince my boss very easily. And he was like, yeah, sure, go ahead, do it. Um, But then part of it was we needed to have an advertisement for the the Coast Guard Museum that would play during this podcast. And so I did what all good home podcasters do. And I went in my closet with a microphone and recorded um, <laughs> some some voiceover and added some music to it and sent it off to these guys. And like a week later, it was playing in the you know mid-roll of their podcast. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was so easy. And then that Bye. podcaster actually told me about the Anchor app, which is how we upload everything and, and uh, get it out there. So it was a a work-related thing that finally got me over the hump to do this personal project. So a little bit of similarity. Have you been um, doing live stream worship on Sunday mornings throughout the pandemic as well? How's that? What's going on with that?
2: Yeah, we started, like Philippa said, Palm Sunday, and that was born out of just really missing the connection with our people. Because here in New Jersey, headquarters, uh, Jeremy Green to be exact, has done an incredible job of putting together from bits and pieces like band recordings and creative arts recordings and all these different um, pieces that he had collected from it in an archive he started to put them together as a divisional service like right off the bat like churches were closed the next Sunday he had something out Um, so we were sharing that and I was up we were in the comments you know talking to our people but I just remember thinking I wish That Like, I miss being the ones to connect with them, you know? I wish we could put ourselves in there with them um, to kind of feel a little bit more normal not feel like we just closed the doors and we were gone. Um, And so that's where Felipe said, okay, let's give it a try. We'll do it this Sunday, which was Palm Sunday. And he goes, but you're on. You have to preach. She's like, because I'm about to do everything else and, like, figure out how to make this work um, with Facebook Live and good sound and good lighting and all of that. And so we continue doing it and we really loved the idea that even some of our homebound congregation members that actually hadn't been to church even before the pandemic, they were now able to connect. Um, so we really loved that idea that people who, even just outside of the pandemic for health reasons or physical reasons or whatever it may be, they can't come out, but they're, they still wanna be a, a part of a church family. Um, we wanna still be able to be available the people who can't come in
0: and we and should so fill in the blanks for, for for those who don't know what is your your congregation where are you uh, in ministry
2: so Philippa and I lead the Salvation Army in Red Bank New Jersey and we've been doing that just for a little over a year it was September 2019 and we got through the busy controlled chaos of the holiday season in the Salvation Army
0: and you signed and, on to this uh, this gig. This was this was supposed to be sort of a short term thing, right? Remind me where where you were, job wise,
3: before this, and, and what you sort of signed up for. Yeah, I was the assistant music director for New Jersey, and Annabelle was the ministry assistant for Red Bank. And then September 2019, uh, we were. It was like a com. How you say a combined
2: Well, there was, I don't know what it was a consensus
3: on us to help at the core while a transition was needed. And um, that was September. So we had to go through kettles.
2: It was going to be, it was sort of temporary, but it's not like we were in between, you know, we were given full authority during the core's time of need, like the core needed leadership. And it was kind of like, can you do this through January? Because then maybe we can get other, you know, leadership by then and kind of give us a a buffer of the core having leadership while we try to find more permanent leadership. So when that time came in January, we were asked by our um, divisional leaders, if we, you know, how do you feel? Do you want to stay on? You know, we support you guys. Your congregation has loved you. You know, we told them all, all of the positives that just came out of that season about how the poor came together and people supported us and loved the core and stuck with the core um and so we said we would stay on until i don't know until god says otherwise basically
0: and who knew that you were going to be uh, that? That until God says otherwise, was going to include this season. Um, <laughs> right. Well, Darrell, do, do you just want to walk our non-Salvation Army uh, audience, Darrell, through what it means that they would have to fill in, and what a core is, and all that stuff?
1: So, for those of you who are listening and you aren't really familiar with the Salvation Army jargon, a core is your local community church, and filling in uh, in the Salvation Army means stepping in place for anywhere from Five minutes to 17 years. Uh, it really varies depending on the weather. You could uh, be in a place for as long as someone needs you. Uh, but for these two, it's been great. Um, as Drew mentioned earlier, um, I'm, a Drew, I'm a Jersey boy and uh, I have great, great love for all the core in New Jersey. And we were very excited for um, you all to be there um, without knowing how long you were going to be there for. I guess one of the questions I would have for you, because I first started listening you guys live stream when you were doing the worship night and I can remember the first time you came on I was excited because I was like oh man this one's gonna be good not to bash anyone else's but I had seen a lot of them on um, sporadically in early in the pandemic and I remember you guys coming on and I thought this was really well done do you think that it's important to get comfortable engaging with our people in this way and is this something that's permanent or is this just going to be a fad for um, for creators to participate in these type of engagements?
3: I think we sh- we need to be able to engage in every available platform. I I think mm-hmm. I think there's no boundaries for us to portray who God is in our lives, and I think our I mean our personal angle is we like to have a lot of fun, and there's a a lot of fun to have in a, you know, in a, in a Christian environment, if you want to put it that way, or in an environment that is led by different priorities and and different, um, I don't know, ideas and principles. So, you know, we as as Christians should be able to be comfortable in, you know, in every platform that is not necessarily like the structure of a traditional church. And I think there's a place for everything, though. You know, like we've seen in our, in our own congregation, um, uh, there's a particular person who can no longer drive at night. Um, mm-hmm. And she has been able to be in Bible study every single week because we have been able to provide an online platform for that to happen. So, you know, uh, contrary to what people said about the age, um, when there is a will, there is a way, you know. So, and when there is an opportunity and uh, that opportunity is available, people are going to come and people are going to join. So I think, I don't think this online thing is is like a, how do you say it? Like a a fad? Like a fad? It's not something Mm -hmm. that's going to pass. I think it's something that, was just prompted up to be, uh, it, like, its, it's need kind of rose up very quickly because of the pandemic. But I think this was something that was yeah. going to happen regardless.
2: I also really appreciate that you mentioned it was well done, not to bring that up again. But, <laughs> <laughs> no, but <laughs> Felipe does a really good job, and that's important to him for things to look good and to sound good. And i've really come to appreciate that because sometimes you'll see and we're all learning you know not everybody has a felipe at their core to at their church to to really run things and have their eye on all the different things that he has their eye on but at least way in the beginning of the pandemic when people were kind of starting to to get church going there were some places that already had church online and it was more of like a if you can't come today at least you can see it online. So the camera's off to the side, they're not addressing the camera, because it's more of like an it was more of like an extra, you know, it was like a convenience in case you couldn't come to church. Whereas what's important for us is to address the people who are online, to tell people to comment, to respond to their comments. And and to look at the camera when we're talking as much as we're looking at the people who are sitting there, the camera is situated in the congregation. It's kind of like right in the center of everything. It's a it's a you know a small tripod, so that if you're watching, you still are part of the congregation. You're not just watching, but you I, we want people to feel comfortable to participate. And part of what we were talking about recently was how to. Um, Like if we have guests or new people, you know, how to get them to stay. And what I've been kind of toying with in my mind is that we don't need to be more attractive. We just need to be more welcoming. You know, we just need to create a space where people feel like, oh, yeah, I can come in here. We don't need to like surprise and and be fancy and just be so attractive, but just have people come in and feel comfortable like they can come in and settle in, whether they're in the core in the building or at home or wherever they are.
0: So I was you mentioned the the comments, Annabelle, and I was going to bring up how extremely interactive you are with your audience. You're responding to their comments live. Are you actually doing that in your church service as well?
2: Not as directly because I don't we don't have whoever's speaking isn't seeing the Facebook in front of them, but if I'm speaking, is on Facebook and he's monitoring and he's commenting and he's including the scripture that I that I talk about, he'll copy and paste it into the comment right away.
3: Okay, well, that's inter- That's an interesting question because it, it we have we think we, we encourage people to interact through the platform that they're watching. You know, now we expanded to, from Facebook to YouTube. to we have, uh, you know, uh, we would try to reach a, a larger larger audience at the core, and but it's still that very thing in the back of your head with like. I mean, church is happening, why should I be commenting? You know, so it's like kind of that learning process that we all have to go through where, yes, we're not all together, but we still have this vehicle to communicate, you know, like to give a testimony or to say good morning. So uh, when we are at the core, we all have our, uh, our job. So Annabelle is doing all, like, okay, so in terms of interaction in that sense with the comments, in our particular situation it isn't very active not from our end but for the people that are watching uh but the interaction that we feel it was needed is for example to put the words of the song that we're singing on the screen so uh since yeah. since at the core annabelle is doing that part because the um, those that are actually volunteering to do that um, you know, due to COVID can be present or due to other personal circumstances are unable able to be at the core. So then Annabelle has to handle all of that. So it's just a little bit of personal um, issues for us at the moment. But then, for example, Olivia who sings with me in the worship, um, she is in charge of monitoring if there's any prayer request. So when we go to the prayer time with the already pre-known uh, Uh, prayer request she will be monitoring if there's any new coming out on the on the comments Um, and then she will pray for those people there Uh, and we have also learned about the delay between what we're saying in life and what people are seeing so we encourage people to do this way ahead of time so when we are in the time of prayer those things could be there so we um, you know since this has been a learning curve for everybody. Early in the morning, I will get text messages of people asking for prayer for us to pray for them. Or right after we send the link, like we do every Sunday to everybody, uh, we'll get, you know, text backs or calls saying, we won't be able to be there today, but please pray for us. Or this is going on, please pray for us. So we a kind of that kind of interaction is pre-service. And then during the service, we do the you know, we like comments, we love comments, we share the scripture live in the in the on the comments as well. And um that has been our experience.
0: I think it's funny so that you far. said, you know, church is going on so, you know, some people feel like they they, can't, they. Why should they be commenting? Darrell and I had the privilege of, you know, he was my my corps officer, my pastor at the Boston Croc Corps, and in our congregation, Durrell, nobody had a problem not commenting while church was going on, right? I mean, you know, uh, you know, in, in yeah. our congregation, there's a there's almost an open dialogue going on from the uh, from the pulpit out to the out to the pews. Maybe you should That's designate great. somebody in the congregation to just read the comments out loud as they come in. You know
3: what I mean <laughs> <laughs> well it'll, we, it'll make yeah, it more authentic <laughs> yes <laughs> well we I suggested to Annabelle because um, there's all these little add-ons that you can put on your live stream and one of I said to her why don't we put a live uh, strip of text that is showing the live comments and you know, with this Annabelle, you know, we had a conversation about it, and Annabelle said, Well, that would be distracting to what actually is happening in the service. So that kind of, you know, that kind of makes sense. But it's interesting because it's still in my mind when I'm in the back while Annabelle's is preaching and I'm trying to catch up and I'm trying, you know, trying to say welcome to people that have just joined and all of that. It still feels weird to be doing that because I feel I should be paying attention. You know what I mean? So it's right. kind of, um, I but think, but yeah, it is it is like this other layer,
0: this other available layer right. that that wouldn't be available in a chapel. Yeah. Like you you wouldn't have a running dialogue going during right. church if you were in the chapel. But but getting yeah. back to the show, um, you do uh, read the comments and interact with the comments. Um, you you tend to see or hear a lot of the same names. So how many viewers does Late Night with Los Concha actually actually get on an average Friday night? This episode of the Creator Podcast brought to you by The Boxer and the Beard. Clever teas and gifts. Check us out on Facebook at Boxer beard Co. That's at BoxerBeard Co. on Facebook.
3: We like live, like we don't we, we don't really know. It's hard to tell because um, Facebook has this thing, like if you stayed on the page with sound for
2: like five seconds uh, for, or something?
3: I think it's like 30 seconds or so. It counts you as a view. Okay. It's something, I, I, I mean, we don't really know that, that kind of thing, but mm-hmm. I read something like that. But um, we had about 15, between 12 to 15 faithful viewers. Like at one time. That are there like for the hour. <laughs> uh, and we have a lot of repeats, which is really fun because a lot of people just like hold us back in things that we've said <laughs> or like piggybacking things that we're saying currently or like, Pushes to you know to talk about some of the things um but uh well there's we've,
2: 15 i just want to help us out a little bit and say there's 15 views but some of them are couples
3: right okay. <laughs> well that's the other thing i mean you know if that
2: counts you, that counts
3: that's some people it's like uh, two of it's them two watching or like your sister when she watches and it's natalia and yeah, Diana, it there's so so. that's three people you know right. so it's hard it's we hard have 15 drill like solid viewers
2: we have 15 devices watching us but like
3: on a Saturday like when we look back into our Friday episode like it says like there's a hundred and something views and you know there's generally above a hundred comments which is great because that's huge part of our um, of our content for our show Well, Well, yeah, I mean, 12 to 15, 12 to 15 viewers is uh, roughly,
0: you know, three times uh, the listener pool that we have on the creator podcast. So you guys are killing it as far as we're concerned. Um, But uh, but speaking of regular viewers, uh, we have a little surprise for you, Felipe and Annabelle on the line with us. Hate to do this to you, podcast listeners, but we are going to cut it right there on that cliffhanger. You'll have to tune in to part two of our conversation with Felipe and Annabelle to find out who their super fan special guest is on the Creator Podcast.